Brandon, we're ready to record. Brandon? 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 Welcome to a very special episode of Two Guys Top Fives. On this side of the table, it's me, Lucas Swanson. On the other side of the table, we got an empty chair. How's it going, empty chair? <laughs> As usual, he's a, just a hoot. So today is a very special day because last episode we were going to do anime movies and let me tell you, didn't go very well. Our computer had a lot of technical issues with recording, lots of skips, lots of jumps, things that we couldn't really fix, on top of the fact that I have not really seen that many anime movies, and Brandon has not watched a lot of anime movies recently, so the episode wasn't too keen on the subject, and it just felt wrong to not give anime movies its true justice. So... In order to give you guys something, this week we're going to split up and I'm going to give you a one guy's top five. I'm just going to go ahead and talk to you about my favorite movies, top five movies of all time. Now, this is just me. Obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased because this is my list and there's not going to be any collab, so this is the definitive top five for me. Now, what goes into a favorite movie of mine? Let's think here. I mean, looking at my list... Something that really jumps out is sci-fi. Sci-fi is pretty much apparent in almost all of these, at least in some way. Uh, I don't know what it is about sci-fi. Growing up with it, maybe uh, it just always just hits home right in the gut, right in the soul of me. Sci-fi just has a good spot. Uh, A little bit of humor. I love to laugh, love making people laugh. And, you know, comedy is a factor in some of these, but not all of them. This is a very odd feeling not having a back and forth with my buddy. Miss you, Brandon. You'll probably get a top five favorite movies from Brandon eventually. Hopefully it's not because of the same circumstances. Hopefully it's just because this works and we want to do more. Anyway, let's see here. Let's let's talk about some honorable mentions right off the bat. I don't want to jump into the top five right off the bat. Uh, let's see here. I mean, honorable mentions, I'm going to give it to two sagas, really. And obviously, when I say saga and you listen to this show, you know what I'm talking about. Star Wars. Star Wars as a whole, I just decided not to put it in my top five. Otherwise, all five of them might take Star Wars. Uh, I love the Star Wars series. Grew up on the Star Wars series. You know, everyone saying once they meet me and I tell them my name's Luke, uh, apparently I got a lot of fathers. That's all I'm saying. But It's been in my blood ever since I can remember, and I am very excited for everything Star Wars coming out, and I'm sure it's not going to put a damper on the saga for me. If the prequels didn't shut me up, nothing will. After that, I don't know if it's been apparent in this podcast, but I am a huge Batman fan. I actually have a Batman tattoo. I have a Batman-themed room. Everything that I did for a long time was Batman-related. And because of the biasness I have towards Batman, I once again did not put any Batman movies on my top five. Now, any Batman movie I'd say would fit in one of my favorites. Obviously, there's some that aren't aren't as good as others. We're Batman and Robin, I'm looking at you. But I still can get down with some Batman and Robin. You know, if I want to watch some crappy movie but still have a good time, Batman and Robin's good. Batman Forever we actually talked about in, I believe it was 94 or 95, 
And I still love that movie, even though it is cheesy and campy, but everyone has their take on the Cape Crusader, right? Anyway, let's see here. Any other honorable mentions that I have? I'm going to go ahead and say no. All right. Now I'm going to try and eat up as much time here with these as possible, but let's see if I can do it for you guys. Number five for me. Now I know this movie isn't on everybody's radar as a good or great movie, but to me, I can never get enough of it. District 9, the sci-fi movie set in South Africa. This movie is about uh, Wickus is his is his name. He's the main character, and in this world, there was an alien mothership that landed right over South Africa, and it uh, was opened up one day by uh, scientists, and they went inside and they found an entire alien race starving and dying, and they decided to bring them in as refugees, and they put them into this little camp that they called District Nine, and. They house millions of what they, they call them prawns because they look a little, you know, shrimp-like and they have uh, little pincers on the end of their hands and they have like the little feelers on their lips. Um, and so they call them prawns and it's kind of like a, a slur for them, basically. Um, and Wickus, the main character, his new job is to move them from District 9 to a new district. And while he's doing that, He's trying to find all this contraband of alien tech and stuff like that that they're supposed to confiscate from the aliens, and he ends up getting sprayed with this weird black goo, and the black goo actually starts to slowly turn him into a prawn himself. And so everybody is freaking out, and then you find there's there's conspiracies, there's experiments, there's this government cover-up, there's so much depth to this movie. Why do I love it? I, I honestly don't really know, I can't put my finger on the exact thing, but I love the creature design, I love the the concept behind it all. There is a little underlying kind of come up and uppercut you, you know, kind of hidden quote-unquote message behind it, but it's really easy to look past that and just watch it as a movie that it is, and something about it just, it always tickles my, tickles my fancy, and I absolutely love District 9. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I definitely suggest going out and hunting it down. I believe it's on one of the, I think it's stars right now. Uh, it's, it's worth a watch. It's a pretty short movie. It's shot almost documentary style, but with, um, a camera kind of following around Wickus as like an actual movie. Um, so that's my number five favorite movie is district nine coming in at number four. This one is definitely going to come as a surprise for most people because this is one of those dumb movies that you shouldn't love, but I do. John Wick Chapter 2. Now, me and Brandon actually went and saw this in theaters, and we came out just giggling like little schoolgirls because we absolutely loved this movie. If you haven't seen the John Wick series, the first movie is about Keanu Reeves, who plays John Wick, and his wife just recently died, and his wife leaves him a dog. One day, he's at a gas station, and this little punk Russian kid comes up and says that he wants to buy his really nice car. He has a nice Mustang. And Keanu Reeves says, no, it's not for sale. And the Russian kid says something slick in Russian, but guess what? John Wick knows Russian, and he comes back with a little quip of his own. And so a Russian kid decides to get his little revenge and follows him home, waits for him to go to bed, and ransacks his house, beats John Wick with his buddies, and then kills the dog which he goes on a murderous, vengeful rampage, which is just amazing. And they come up with the follow-up a few years later, John Wick Chapter 2, 
in which John Wick is a hitman. Well, he's a hitman in the first one, and he was supposedly retired, but he got back into the game. But in John Wick Chapter 2, if you get back into the game, you apparently owe somebody. So he owes somebody a blood favor, basically, to kill the someone in the higher-up of the assassin community. And this one goes way more in-depth into this awesome assassin world that they build in John Wick. And the reason I love this movie, the action is phenomenal. It brought back single shots, it brought back choreography, it brought back realism, gunfighting, gunplay, gun-fu, gun just like in The Matrix. Everything about this is just so much fun to watch, and it's so visually pleasing. All the neon colors, bright colors, beautiful colors, and the cinematography is just amazing. It is a beautiful movie that is action-packed and full of depth with all these characters and the world that it builds. I am so excited to see 3 because that world is probably my, my favorite uh, cinematic world next to Star Wars, I think. And I really do mean that. It is so much fun. John Wick Chapter 2, definitely go out there, watch John Wick, follow it up with John Wick 2, and I'll meet you at the theater for John Wick 3. That is my number four, John Wick Chapter 2. Coming in at number three, we recently talked about this in our top fives of our lives 1997. We boasted about it. It took the number one spot, The Fifth Element. I adore this movie. Once again, sci-fi. I told you in the beginning, I'm a sci-fi guy. Can't really complain. I love sci-fi. Don't really know what it is. Maybe I just want to live in one of those worlds in the future. But The Fifth Element is a kind of your stereotypical sci-fi theme where Bruce Willis is your main character, a retired space pilot who knows how to do X, Y, and Z, and there's an evil entity in the universe that is coming to destroy all life. And there's a priest who wants to save it, save uh, the world via his prophecies. And then there's the government who wants to do it their way. And then, of course, there's the evil corporation, Zorg, who wants to side with the evil entity and destroy all life. And all of these stories are kind of intermixing and going back and forth. And they create the perfect being, uh, who ends up being Mila Djokovic. Uh, her character is Lilu. And she is the key to stopping the evil entity, the dark planet eater, uh, because she apparently is known as the fifth element next to earth, water, fire, and wind. Now, there's a lot of twists and turns when it comes to the element part, but this movie is just a buttload of fun. Absolutely love how entertaining all the characters are. It's such a unique world, so colorful. All these future movies that have a dystopian future are all dark and gritty. This one's bright and pretty, and it pops, and it's so unique in its style and its storytelling. Everything about this is fantastic. It makes me laugh. It makes me makes me tear up. It makes me excited. It gives you all the emotions that you want in a movie and it delivers even more, and it's just super entertaining. We boasted about it pretty much all episode in 1997. So go ahead, go back and listen to our 97 episode, listen to all the movies that it beat out, because that was a pretty good year for movies, and let us know if that's the correct top five of 97. So that is my number three, The Fifth Element. Definitely a must-see in my book. Number two for me, going to take a hard left turn, getting away from the sci-fi, getting away from the serious movies. I'm giving my number two slot to the classic Young Frankenstein. 
It's a Mel Brooks movie, and I could watch this movie back to back to back to back. I could watch this movie before any other movie on the list, including my number one, but my number one is my number one for a reason. Anyway, Young Frankenstein is the story of Gene Wilder, uh, R.I.P. my best friend. Anyway, Gene Wilder, who you might know as playing Willy Wonka in the, the original Willy Wonka in the Chalk Factory. Now, Gene Wilder is the grandson of Dr. Frankenstein, the notorious scientist who created the monster out of corpse and uh, corpses and the all the craziness that ensued because of his uh, reanimation of dead tissue. His so uh, Victor Frankenstein's great grandson, grandson, just single grandson, yeah, grandson Frederick Frankenstein is a renowned scientist himself, but he actually studies brain matter, brain tissue, and everything that the brain does. He's very smart. He's You inter- are introduced uh, to his character in the very beginning of the movie, uh, giving uh, a college class uh, about the neurosensors in the brain or something like that, and he's showing everybody what the brain can do, so he definitely knows his stuff. And his great-grandfather, or his grandfather, keeps saying great, his grandfather dies and he leaves him in his will uh, to go to the castle where he lived, where he meets up with Igor and uh, a bunch of other fun characters and he ends up discovering his grandfather's library and his laboratory and realizes that he, it, it may be possible to reanimate dead tissue. Now, it puts a big comedy spin on the whole thing, and it is just entertaining and funny and goofy. It is a very unique sense of humor. If you've seen Mel Brooks movies, you know what I'm talking about. Mel Brooks is responsible for Blazing Saddles. He's responsible for Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights. He's a very goofy, goofy guy. And this is quite goofy, but I it just hits me where it needs to hit me. And it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. And if you want a good laugh and you want to have a lot of fun... Young Frankenstein, number two. And then rounding out the top of the list here, my favorite movie of all time. This one is definitely off of a lot of people's radar, but I absolutely adore it. The Prestige. The Prestige is a Christopher Nolan movie. He also did The Dark Knight, Interstellar, Inception, and Dunkirk was his latest. Now, this movie is about two dueling magicians basically both of them want to have the best magic act that the world has ever seen and it's you know based in the uh pre-1900s late 1800s where uh magic was a much grander thing and there wasn't any technology to go but with it there wasn't any you know uh that much smoke and mirrors really just sleight of hand and tricks and it has christian bale and hugh jackman as the lead characters and Hugh Jackman um, had a wife that was a part of one of their acts that Christian Bale tied the wrong knot during a trick where she was dunked in water and she ends up dying because of it. Now, because of that, it kind of sparks this whole thing where both of the magicians are trying to ruin each other's lives while making their own lives better and making their acts the best that they could. And the back and forth that goes on between these magicians is just super intriguing. It's just a big puzzle. And the whole movie is told out of timeline. So it's it jumps from you know past, present, and future. And it is kind of hard to follow, but if you can stay on track and you can follow this puzzle, 
it is just amazing. And I, I don't know how you can piece this movie together the way that Christopher Nolan did, but it worked out beautifully. And it gives you a lot of intrigue, a lot of surprises. And once again, Christopher Nolan's movies are always this way, but beautifully shot. Cinematography is gorgeous. Can't get enough of that movie. The reason it's above Young Frankenstein is it's just a quality overall is fantastic. I can't watch it back to back simply because it is a little bit longer and it's not as, you know, it's not very funny, but the prestige easily takes my number one. I have yet to really see anything that even comes close to it. I'm a little bit biased in it. I love Christopher Nolan, big fan of Christian Bale when he's on the screen, not when he's off the screen, and Hugh Jackman ain't bad either. So that is my top five favorite movies of all time as of right now. Who knows? Maybe something new will come out. But anyway, let's break these down for you. Number five, I had District 9. Boss, because that's, 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 that's uh, b- b- black stuff coming up your nose there. Number four, John Wick, Chapter Two. We once killed three men in a bar. With a pencil. I know. I've heard the story. With a right? fucking pencil. Who the fuck can do that? Number three, The Fifth Element. You have to push that little yellow button to load it. <laughs> Take your time. Oh God. Number two, Young Frankenstein. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh, sorry, I, uh, you know, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm a rather brilliant surgeon. Perhaps I could help you with that hump. What hump? And topping it off, number one, The Prestige. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. That's why there's a third act called The Prestige. That's it for this special episode of Two Guys Top 5, or should we call it One Guys Top 5. Tune in next week. We are going to be doing our Dreamcast once again with the news of Henry Cavill stepping down as Superman. They're looking to fill the spot, and we're looking to fill it for them. Unfortunately, we are doing yet another DC character, but if they could get it right the first time, we wouldn't have to do it for them, right? Anyway, tune in next week to hear what our picks for that position should go to. As always, follow us on all of the social media, Facebook, Two Guys Top 5, Twitter, Two Guys Top 5. Feel free to email us at Two Guys Top 5. Let us know what you think. Let us know some of your favorite movies in the comments section below or on Facebook or even on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you guys are watching. We'd love to know more. If you want us to do a specific list, go ahead and email it to us at Two Guys Top Fives. Send us a Twitter message, Facebook message, in a comment. Let us know what list you think we should do. If you want to hear Brandon's top fives, let us know. He rants and raves about his number one all day long, which isn't bad because I did it too. So if you want to hear what's in his docket, let us know. You'll probably get it regardless. If you want more from us, we need your help. Please like, share, and subscribe. Tell us to some of your friends. When you're at the movie theater, think what would the two guys top five say about that movie and tell us to take a look at it. Tell us to watch the movies. Let us know if there's any movies that you think we should see. Maybe give us a more well-rounded base to all of our lists. As always, thank you very much for listening. Watch more movies. Take care. Be good. Have a good one, guys. How was that, empty chair?
<laughs> you again. <laughs> <laughs>